What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sweet Suplex Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Drive Live, episode 96. It's fitting that you're hearing me posting this episode, because in 96, 25 years ago, today, yours truly entered this world, and today, on his birthday, without a title so he can't be cashed in on this time, he (laughs) comes to you at number one in the draft table. What a happy birthday this will be for me. Thank you. I am Mr. McLeod. Welcome to Saturday Live, as I said, and I am joined by, you know, the analyst, the only person that really still cares about the Listeners League, who is not a member of the Listeners League. It's David Hockney. Happy birthday, Scott! Welcome to your, welcome to your silver year of life. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of putting it, you know. Uh, and how fitting that it's episode ninety-six as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even notice that until the other day. I thought, oh, there you go. There's my intro taken care of. It's like it's like it was meant to be. It's fate, I tell you. People don't believe in fate, but I do. Well, <laughs> now. And you know, it was almost fate that on my birthday I'd be here with two members of my team in the top three. And we go into the top three as we usually do, and it is very AEW heavy, as you can imagine, with uh, all out uh, last Sunday, and then we had a big episode of AEW. Dynamite this past week, the homecoming episode in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's own John Moxley event number 13. And yeah, you're getting wins over Satoshi Kojima and Minoru Suzuki, you know, part of this forbidden door. I think given that they were in promotion matches, uh, you could probably tell Moxley was going to get the win. So that was great for me. So they were talking before, you know, as a fourth round pick, John Moxley, especially this week, has been an absolutely stellar pick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, he's got 13 points now, uh, which puts him at number seven in the top 10 this season so far. And those are all the points he's accumulated thus far. Like the week that Moxley's had, you know, defeating the likes of uh, Satoshi Kojima and then um, Minoru Suzuki. I mean, those are two big wins for Moxley, especially, you know, when he's been sort of on the sort of upper mid card level of AEW rather than sort of in the title hunt, but he's racking up points. Otherwise I think Moxley is starting to prove to be a bit of a sleeper pick here. Mm-hmm. I think so as well. I, I thought about picking him last season. And I didn't, but then he, and despite other than like a month or so in the middle of the season where he disappeared, uh, he was pretty consistent, you know, teaming with Eddie Kingston and everything appearing as IWGP US champion. So I thought maybe, Maybe you could you know, be a benefit to me this season, but 
I think since he lost the world title, he's not really been seen in a, a, a potential top pick by a lot of people in the draft. He's, because it's been a couple of seasons, he's in the top five newcomers at number four, which uh, tells you something. Uh, just above him, somebody who also got a big win at All Out is CM Punk. He only had a promo segment on saying maybe it does seem like he's immediately going to this new feud with uh, members of Team Taz. Mm. So we've been talking about this you know, when it was since it was picked, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more uh, later on. But you know, he said like Punk isn't going to wrestle that often, but you know, he's got 14 points just through an appearance and just one pay per view win. So you know, how does it look? Is it still given he's in the top six, given he's in the top three? How does it still look for Grant? You know, take him in the first round. Well, Grant's holding firm uh, so far. I think he was adamant about picking CM Punk uh, and also putting the captaincy on him, which is how he was able to score that many points. So the win it all out is certainly put him up there. But this is what we were saying last season. If he continues to make regular appearances on both Dynamite and Rampage, there's no reason to suggest why CM Punk can't be one of the top scorers this season. And he's already proving it because he's currently second in the top 10 overall with 18 points in total. I think Grant is actually you know, taking somebody that's going to be the, one of the most talked about people this entire season. Uh, I know like David Campbell is questioning him as a first-round pick, but even with the snake draft, with the way the draft usually works is that, you know, a lot of the second-round picks, a lot of the best ones are people who probably should have could have been first-round picks that somehow managed to, like, slip through the cracks. I think even though he was drafted kind of from a late position, I, I don't know if Grant thought that you'd be able to keep Punk until the second round. Somebody may have taken him early second round before he got to him. So I think part of that was his motivation for getting Punk in the first round. And, you know, so far it's working. And with the captaincy on him, I think it could end up paying off. You know, it just depends mm-hmm. how, how often we see Punk actually wrestle on Dynamite or even Rampage. If he gets one or two of those matches on TV this season, then I think it'll look, once again, like a, a good idea for Grant Robbie taking first round and put the captaincy on him. But speaking of captains, my captain, the man who was the one shining light of my the second half of my season post-transfer uh, last season, the TNT champion, he redeemed those nuts and he redeemed <laughs> 19 points Miro. Now, I think I, I think a lot of people agreed that Miro was a strong pick given how late I was in the first round, you know, taking someone who's a champion who doesn't look like he's going to really lose a belly at the time soon, plus putting the captain on him. And, you know, I can't really ask for more than starting off with a big pay-per-view title uh, defence. Mm. No, Miro has been one of those guys who's been consistently brilliant throughout the last few months of this draft, especially as he's been regularly defending the TNT Championship on both Dynamite and pay-per-view, because it's meant to be... AEW sort of workhorse title, you know, the equivalent to like the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, and you know what? Miro's completely turned it around after what was, wasn't the best debut in AEW and he's proven himself to be a valuable commodity both in AEW and the draft itself. And those 19 points are just the the proofs in the pudding with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on Miro because, you know, people think he can take this food with Kings and if they have an arm match on Mori Daddy would win the title. Which make me maybe take the captaincy off me so I don't take too big a hit because at the minute he's number one in the top ten of the season with 23 points overall. Uh, the best, strongest performing AEW pick as of now, but we're still two weeks into the season. But I think as you can tell mm. uh, from the table, 
all out did play a big factor into you know the the into the standings of the season compared to last week. And I always like that with this season in particular, and that and that within the first week you've already got the first big show with all out, which often can change things up a bit. And speaking of the top ten, we'll go there now. See the current standings are a uh, JP. No, sorry. Nikki Barden Bellas, Stacey's team, are in last place, sadly, with 18 points. You know, Stacey only on to your participation award. JP with Go Hard or Go Home is in is above her with 20 points. Ryan Douglas with Tire Me Stephen. God, please don't. Uh, <laughs> points and just one point above him is his friend Jack Graham with 24 points and two hit wonders and then we have a bit of a tie here 26 points each with North Men, South Men, Comrades all Ryan Gallagher's team along with the MVP which is Alan McLucas's team and then just above them pretty fly for Paul Heyman guy on 27 points that's Daniel Campbell Graham McRobbie uh, is next with 29 points second city Saints you know he's still in the, the top end of the table all, probably thanks to and Punk in a large way. We'll see how that continues. 31 points is yourself, David, with West mm-hmm. End Country Club. Uh, 32 points, uh, Gary Kernan with Team Visserda. Ross is also on 32 points with Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll in fourth place. Uh, average Samoa Joe, Steve Wilson, who was number one last week, now moved down to third on 33 points. Uh, oh, no, he's moved down to number four, sorry. Uh, in third place is, is Team Goat with 35 points. And 38 is Team Historic. It's their game, which also makes a big change from how she spent most of last season after a disastrous transfer window. She was in last a lot. And now she is in second place on 38 points. But number one, we talked about it before, and in large part, thanks to Needle, also given some appearance points from Rebel, Peter, and Baker all appearing in segments together. And, you know, a couple of ones from John Moxley. On 52 points, Isaac Drafton, which is my team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had bigger gaps, and I don't expect by the time Extreme Rules comes around, because I don't really have anybody that will be featured prominently on Extreme Rules, so I don't expect to be in that same position by then, but, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this while I can. I, I think this uh, this top performance from you this week is probably down to Moxley, because I think Miro was always going to be a good position you know especially as your captain but Moxley getting two wins against two essentially big names of New Japan Pro Wrestling that was the difference maker uh, for this week and that's why it's put you at the top of the table yeah and I think how consistent uh, he's featured because he's not in a major program and he's just fighting people who come into the forbidden door and also to mention NXT Keely Ray got me a big win as well I think the only person who really didn't appear for me, is Liv Morgan because her match was apparently cut from last night's SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So, Hillary got a big win. Uh, she's next week with Kelly Gonzalez defending the title against uh, Frankie Monet. So, I'm hoping that Hillary is the next in line for the title. Uh, maybe if there's a takeover at some point in the season, because there was in October last year. So, hopefully, the next takeover that's where Hillary gets her opportunity. That could be the difference maker, keep me at the top end of the table. But, Dave, yes. this is a t- where we go over to the Listen League and you would break down the top five. But I would consider it a great birthday present to me if you could do it in the quickest fashion possible. Very well, I'll do my best I can. So, Listeners League this week, we have joint fifth place. We have Matt Smith and Michael Clottier, uh, both on, funnily enough, 44 points. So Matt Smith, Team Booty Woes, and Michael Clottier with Craig's and Ass. Uh, so 
Michael uh, sitting there with CM Punk, Baker Hater, Nikki Cross, Baron Corbin, John Moxley, and Zelina Vega. Pretty well-rounded team, but I think we have to put down wins for Captain CM Punk and Moxley's uh, aforementioned wins there uh, in terms of Michael's team. For for Matt Smith, we have uh, a, he, Matt Smith, a new player this season. You know, he's got Captain Big E, he's got the Young Bucks, Raquel Gonzalez, Reg Holland, John Moxley, Io Shirai. A loss for the Bucks is a bit of a letdown for him, but a win for Big E on SmackDown this week certainly helped him out. And yeah, the, the wins for Moxley there as well. Fourth place, Johnny Adam with your Dassel's Ice Cream Bars, argu- arguably the <laughs> best name this season. So for Johnny Adam, uh, let's see. Yeah, so Team Captain's Jurassic Express got a win on uh, the All Out pre-show. We have Becky Lynch, Karrion Cross, Baron Corbin, John Moxley, and Natalia. Bit of a quiet one for him this week, but Karrion Cross getting another win this week, uh, along with Moxley again. He's starting to become a, a recurring theme here. That's what's kept him kept him afloat. Next, we have Thomas Fraser with Relegate JP. Oh, we're trying to. Uh, with Team Captains JR and Shivani, CM Punk, Alexa Bliss, Orange Cassidy, Moxley, and Natalia. Uh, JR and Shivani, you know, the commentators uh, as a captaincy, I think that's a bit of a bold move, but they're guaranteed appearances, even though they're not, you know, high scoring points, they're consistent. And I think he's... Uh, played on that pretty well. Only two points ahead on 47 points uh, from Johnny Adam. Jamie Hickman, the Hollywood Dreams on 51 points. Uh, again, another uh, new participant this season, proven to be coming out the, the fences here. Captain Becky Lynch, Lucha Brothers winning the AW tag titles this past weekend is a huge win for him. Uh, a loss for MJF, Orange Cassidy, Moxley, Nia Jax. Uh, I think you can see a running theme here, Scott, but, but I'll I'll summarize just towards the end there. Uh, he's on 51 points, four points ahead, but with a solid lead this week, uh, Tom Brock, you know, uh, a veteran of the Listener's League with Team Hamesickness on 59 points. Now, Tom, he's always been, around, been in around the top five. He's just never been able to secure that win, but... You never know, this season he could change things around. He has CM Punk, The Young Bucks, Piper Nevin, Orange Cassidy, John Moxley, and Io Shirai. Captain CM Punk is what scored him the big win. Uh, Orange Cassidy appearing there or thereabouts. A wee bit of a loss for The Young Bucks, but Moxley, again, is what's racking up the points for everybody here. And the top top five scorers this week of the Listeners League all have Moxley as their round four pick, which is a... Quite a, a staggering statistic, given how low Moxley was uh, was drawn in the initial draft. So it just goes to show, you know, Moxley's proven to be a lot more valuable than the position he's in. So will, it, will that trend continue? I certainly hope so, and it could help a lot of people score big points here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not everybody in the other teams, and they, they know the right picks for right rounds, and they know that also Moxley, like I knew, Moxley would be a strong pick. So mm-hmm. good on, yeah. Good on. Uh, Moxley is very popular with the listeners' league as a round four pick. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But we talked about Punk and you know, you know the risk of taking him in first round. It seems to be paid off so far. You know he's in you know, at the top end of the the table. He, obviously, he's told me he'd probably be a few places higher. We have Robbie. You know, given how Matt, how many people are competing this season. But you know, we had Brian Danielson and Adam Cole being picked in the draft because, you know, there are questions about if they were going to go AEW. And, you know, they both showed up all out, but we're going to quickly discuss how much of an impact do you think they'll play? Which one do you think will be more kind of successful, you know, point-wise in the draft? Because they were both picking late, picked late because obviously they weren't exactly sure when they were going to show up. But I think Adam Cole was a, you know, was a safer pick than Brian because it was a case with him that he was either going to show up at all out 
or he's going to show up in AEW or on the main roster at some point. So there's some guarantee him. Whereas Brian, we knew he was coming to AEW, but we didn't know when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the difference there. Daniel Bryan was picked by Steven in the last round. So I assume, you know, because when it comes to the last round, you tend to just sort of, uh, you know, maybe take a stab on someone who might just pull through. And with Brian showing up in AEW, I think that's a, that's a big gain in some capacity because you know he's going to be featured week in and week out. Whether he's going to get a bunch of matches, though, remains to be seen. Because I remember when Ross and Grant discussed this on Central this week. You know, Brian's, you know, he's still dealing with concussion issues. He's still dealing with neck issues. He's just turned 40 as well. So age is starting to catch up with him a bit. Whereas Adam Cole, on the other hand, you know, he's still fresh off one of the best NXT runs we've seen in years. Uh, He's got plenty of youth on his side and now he's um, realigned himself with the elite. So again, I think there's potential for him to have more matches down the line compared to Brian. Uh, But Adam Cole getting picked in the second round ahead of like the last round, for example, I think that was a big gamble. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing with the snake. I think Alan was further to the, the top of the, the picking order, so I think he obviously thought about taking risk. I think this is a season to be taking risk. And I don't really think Cole's probably going to be more successful as a pick. I don't know if like Punk had put the captaincy on him, but you know the, the elite are all over the show on AEW at the minute, and he'll be appearing with them. Then I think he and Brian will be featured on full gear where not that one's too early to tell. But I think he'll definitely be more successful than Brian because you know Brian they're already teasing a match between him and Omega for the title. And to do that match, I don't think Brian's gonna win, which would be hmm. a big loss really early on in his AEW run. But I think Brian and Cole will be definitely maybe first round picks in future seasons now that they are officially confirmed to be in all elite wrestling. Do you think that? Uh, it's certainly possible. It's, uh, I think it all depends on how many people we have uh, competing in the draft, because obviously this is our biggest season ever with 15 competitors. Whether they'll be as high as first round pick, I think Adam Cole's certainly up there. I've picked him as a round one pick, and I've won with him as a first as a first round pick before. So, plus Adam Cole's been on a winning team three times, so he's there. He's definitely a good luck charm for for past winners. Brian, I'm not too convinced uh, that he'll be a first round pick, but I mean, if somebody wants to take a gamble on him, there's nobody nobody going to stop him. But Omega versus Brian, I mean, sh- shut up and take my money. I'd happily see that. I do think Brian could potentially be in the same position as Moxley in that, you know, he could, you know, be te- teasing around with the Forbidden Door, you know, facing guys from New Japan, etc. That might still get him wins here and there. But what's really concerning me is his sort of, um, again, you know, rumors of his concussion and neck issues and stuff. You know, one, one false move and... You know, it could be game over. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, I mean, I think Adam Cole, he's been on my team as well. I think Jack Ham as well. Mm-hmm. So all few of the SDL hosts have had Adam Cole on our team and it's worked it. So, yeah. we'll see what happens with him. And S- SDL's golden baby. <laughs> Good one. Uh, somebody who's... So they've shown up at All Out and they both had appearances on Dynamite and Rampage. So appearance-wise, they're already... Performing strong, I think that'll be the biggest thing from the, those two so far as the appearance points. But somebody also showed up all out one at a match, uh, won a match on Dynamite, and then was featured in a six woman tag on Rampage. And we've probably got somebody else quite a few points that they've been picked. Ruby Soho, mm. she was also, she's heavily rumored to show up in AEW, no post early, so 90 days was up. Uh, but you know, like I said, people have taken risks before. This was one that nobody felt the need to take the risk on. I mean, 
I threw my hands up. I didn't actually really consider Ruby sold that much. I'd already had a heavily W team when I was making my picks. But you think that out of you know fifteen people, you think it's nobody felt the need to take this gamble? I think I probably should have took the gamble if I'm being honest. But then again, you know how I play. I usually like a have consistent appearances here and there. And I wasn't too sure where Ruby Soho was going to end up. You know, she could have gone to Impact, for all I know. And I'm not much of a gambler. I'm usually more of a calculated risk kind of guy. So I had to play it safe and go with Red Velvet. But I think that's uh, that's backfired on me because she only got one point from the Casino Battle Royal. Ruby Soho definitely would have been a, an outside bet, you know, to be a fourth or fifth round pick. And I think some of either a couple of people could have taken the chance with it, you know, whether it be me, Grant could have done it as well, but instead he went with Dakota Kai and Zelina Vega in rounds four and five. Maybe even Ryan, who picked Nia Jax in round five, or Daniel, who picked Shayna Baszler in round five as well. Either of either of us could have uh, taken Ruby Soho if we if we were a little bit braver. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Jack or Ryan Douglas both being in the opposite ends of the both being at the opposite ends of the, the snake draft, you know, mm-hmm. would probably be, you know, in a position to make a risk like that. We, we have, the draft is not without its fair share of risk, but oh, quite a few of them, as well as its history of risk that didn't pay off, you know, in do share, uh, picking Charlotte Flair for an entire season that she didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Lynch, yes, she showed up at the end of the season, at the end of the season just gone and won the title, but she was a, she was picked early on then transferred to somebody and did fuck all for until one. <laughs> Which I don't think it's worth all you know, that much of not being around, because, especially in the longest season that we do. Aye. So, you know, to, think, to be honest, to be honest, Jack had a pretty solid pick with Jade Cargill, and I thought she was going to do really well in the Casino Battle Royal. But you know, I think she's still a work in progress, so she might start to rack up points maybe towards the the latter half of the season. Yeah, probably. And I think the one bright side to somebody not picking uh, Ruby is that. It feels like Thunder, of all the rumors, I believe Thunder Rosa at some point next year is going to be the one to take the belt from Brett. So much like Brian Omega, you don't. Uh, she's probably going to get to take a big loss in a title match early on in her run. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, if you don't pick Ruby Soho, then you don't lose those championship points, which could be a big hit uh, to your team, especially in a season of this size. So you know. Well, before we wrap up, Dave, uh, be on spot. Cole, Brian, Punk. Which which of those three do you think is going to be deemed the most successful pick uh, when we get to the end of the season? I've got to go with Punk. I mean, looking at Grant's uh, team, he CM Punk is literally the one guy who's carrying his team. He scored big this week at All Out. He's going to be making regular appearances, plus the captaincy applied. He's just going to rack up points in week in and week out on this basis. Brian, I think, you know, obviously a fifth round pick, not quite going to rack up as many, and we don't expect him to beat Omega for the title. As for Adam Cole, well, um, again, that's just uh, remains to be seen. I definitely think, I don't think it'll be Ryan. I think I'm going to take a risk and say it'll maybe end up being Cole. I think Cole could just jump back in the ring as early as next week because, you know, he's coming off quite a hot XD. You know, Stephen did that article saying about how he was kind of maybe a bigger loss than Brian for WWE, given how what he is, how much more he has in his career. He's only 32, as he says, so he's got a lot more to offer. So well, he's got a lot more left to give, that is. So I don't really think he could be a, a top you know, pick as part of the elite. But you know, let us know what you guys think uh, at Suplex Retreat on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram and on our community page, 
various eSleep Suplex Retreat community. They can get involved in the listeners' league and get involved in our feature shows, you know, answer uh, answer the GOAT's question and get it read out on ESSR Central. And, you know, tune into all our other content, our back catalog on An- Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, all good Android podcasting platforms. You know, we've got a show myself, David, and other SDL host, Jack Graham, on Backlash 2006 that's out now and next week. Myself and David, along with newcomer Calm and the wonderful Chris Murray, are going to be on a show talking about the best WWE United States champions. Also, stay tuned tomorrow as East meets West is back. And you're going to see, hear us two weeks in a row because we've got an episode tomorrow talking about everything that's been going on the last month with Resurgence and Wrestle Grand Slam. And then the next week, you're going to see it gets a kind of mini episode as we make some predictions and predictions for the upcoming G1 Climax tournament. So a lot going on here, and you saw a lot going on in the draft, and you know the way the season was working out, you know, was all out making a major shift. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm not in the top ten, if I'm not at the top of the table. Like I could be, I'll be, I bet I'll be third place or something like that next week. Well, uh, full gear is still to happen this season too, so you could be having a roaring success, be a, a three-time winner, take that accolade away from the goat. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The goat did say that if I somehow won, it would be somehow the most impressive performance in draft history. We'd have him from 14th, you know, mm. and also how valuable a snake draft can be. You know, we're a bit too early there, and I hope that hasn't immediately jinxed me. But uh, I thank you for joining me on this uh, birthday edition of Saturday Draft Live. Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. And again, happy birthday. Welcome to the, the silver year. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for listening, everybody. We usually we might go a bit longer some weeks, but you know, I've got Shang-Chi to go see, so ta-ta. Sports Social Podcast Network.